You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm the host of Locked On Heat. Thank you for listening. Dwayne Wade is making his first appearance back at American Islands Arena in Miami since he joined the Chicago Bulls this last summer, since he left the Miami Heat. Uh, it's going to be emotional for everybody involved, I'm sure. It's, um, you know, that that wound is still fresh for a lot of Heat fans that Wade left um, after 13 years in Miami, after everything, after the three championships, um, that the face of the Heat organization is no longer here. It's It's a wound that's still fresh. It's something that's still strange. I know for me, it's still weird looking at watching a Chicago Bulls game and seeing Dwayne Wade wearing number three for the Bulls. And it's strange watching a Heat game and never seeing Dwayne Wade in the rotation, not seeing him on the court for them. And I and it's just going to be even weirder seeing the two teams playing against each other, seeing Dwayne Wade playing in American Airlines Arena without a Miami Heat jersey on. It's going to be strange. I don't know how the Heat... I Well, I know Heat fans will cheer him. There might be a few boos. I know that some people are still sour as to how Dwayne Wade left about the fact that he took basically the same amount of money from Chicago. About some of his comments about Pat Riley... Uh, more he made more comments recently, and we will get into that. Uh, I'm sure the Heat will have a nice, uh, well-made tribute video for him. I'm sure it'll be moving. Um, I'm sure the introductions to the game might take a little bit longer than usual. Um, it will be strange. It'll be strange when the PA announcer announces Dwayne Wade's name when Wade scores and doesn't do it. The way he did it for Wade when he was a home player. Uh, when, you know, the long Dwayne Wade. He's not going to do that. He's going to do Dwayne Wade. You know, as they do for the visiting team. That will be strange. Um, but I'm sure that the Heat fans in attendance will cheer for Dwayne Wade. I'm sure he... Dwayne is an emotional guy. Um, I'm sure that the moment will hit him. I'm sure that... You know, for anybody that says that this is just another game, sure you have to approach it like that, but it's not. There's no way. I mean, it wasn't an, it wasn't just another game when Kevin Durant played the Thunder for the first time since leaving for the Warriors. You know, you could see, there was you could see that there was this meant more for Durant in that game. Um, Katie had one of the best games of his season against. The Thunder, a young season, but he had one of his best games. The, the, the Warriors blew out the Thunder on the back of Kevin Durant. He wanted to beat them. And I have no doubt that Dwayne Wade is going to want to beat the Heat. He absolutely wants to beat the Heat. He wants to beat Pat Riley. And he should, right? That's He's a competitor. And he even said it. Um, he had a really candid interview with uh, CSN Chicago talking about all of this, talking about how he left this summer, talking about how 
uh, well, what this game will mean for him, um, his relationship with the front office, with the Miami Heat organization as it stands right now. And he had some interesting things to say. Nothing really that we didn't under that we didn't already expect. Nothing that we hadn't figured out ourselves by reading in between the lines or just other reports. But it's interesting to hear it right from right from him at length and as candidly as he did. And I, I do encourage you to go ahead and read it uh, again. CSNChicago.com. Just go over there, and I'm sure you can find it yourself. Uh, but a couple of things that did jump out to me. Um, when Wade was asked how he felt this offseason as far as a priority, he said, the biggest thing is all it's all about the way you communicate. I understand this business just as good as anybody, but it's a way someone like me, a way you communicate what you're trying to do and how you're going to do it and what it looks like for me. And so that was... What we've talked about this whole time, that Dwayne Wade didn't, wasn't reassured of his long-term standing within the organization. Wasn't sure what Pat Riley viewed him as. And later on said about Pat Riley, it's his show. For the most part, he's the one who's always there. The players come and go. And that really flies into the face of the whole Heat Lifer idea. And I think that's this Heat Lifer thing that's really come about these last couple years. Uh, particularly when LeBron James left to go back to Cleveland, it turned into heat lifers. Wade's a heat lifer. Chris Bosh was a heat lifer. Udonis Haslam was a heat lifer. And all that is really crumbling lately as this team goes into a new era, right? A new era for the organization with new younger players locking up Hassan Whiteside in a long-term deal. Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson promising uh, second-year players. Tyler Johnson with his four-year deal. I mean, this is a new era for the heat and so this heat lifer thing doesn't have it doesn't mean it doesn't have the cachet it once did it's not as frankly it doesn't mean much at all when those guys have are not got, are not there i mean haslam's like the only quote-unquote heat lifer that's still there and uh i don't i understand when wade says it's his show he's the one that's always there and you look back to when wade was first drafted you know, after his first year, a team that was really tight with guys like Karan Butler and Lamar Odom, guys who were traded almost immediately as soon as Riley was able to go get Shaquille O'Neal. And you have things like that over the years. You have, um, eventually in 2010, Wade being a huge part of getting LeBron and Chris Bosh to come to Miami, something that he's felt like he's never gotten enough credit for from Pat Riley, that he believes it's... This is his organization, and it is, right? He's the team president. He calls the shots when it, at the end of the day. And um, Mick Garrison, the Heat owner, gives him a lot of uh, authority and responsibility, pretty much does not interfere with basketball um, operations. It's Pat Riley's show. And so when Wade says he's the one that's always there, he's absolutely right. At the end of the day, he's the guy with the corner office, he's the guy that's not going to leave. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, but Pat Riley, when he preaches egoless basketball, when he preaches, you know, a team atmosphere, I do feel like sometimes his own ego got in the way of trying to 
keep the big three together, particularly. You know, his ego got in the way when it came to LeBron James. You know, if you believe the reports, LeBron wanted more say in how the team put together its roster, you know, and, and some of the personnel decisions. LeBron wanted more say. If you believe those reports, uh, you also believe that Riley wasn't willing to give that to him. Well, look, LeBron has a lot of say in what happens in Cleveland, and they've won a championship. They've been to two NBA finals since LeBron left, but he'd have been in the lottery. They went to the playoffs once and lost in the second round last year, and then they were, and the year before that, they were in the lottery. So, you know, maybe it would have been worth it, you know, and, and now his own ego, in some respect, where it's like, hey, this is my show, I call the shots, you know, maybe got in the way of keeping Dwayne Wade in Miami. And I'm not here to tell you whether or not the Heat would be better or worse with Dwayne Wade. I think there's a lot of reasons. I don't think that's something that we can answer. Look, you have a young team that's trying to gel together right now. Um, not having Wade allowed them to retain Tyler Johnson, you know, who five, six years from now will still presumably be in the league and Dwayne Wade won't. You know, so if you're if you're a, a forward-looking franchise and that's, you know, there's positives to that. Dwayne Wade's having a really good season so far, but you wonder how much of that was driven by him leaving and a change of scenery and getting him out of his comfort zone a little bit more. Um, but really, you know, if it, it's it was still shocking for everybody in the NBA and everybody in the Heat organization for him to leave, and I think that that reflects a lot of Pat Riley taking Dwayne Wade for granted. So when we talk about respect, Wade said in that interview, all money ain't good money. He got about the same amount of money from Chicago. At the end of the day, after taxes and etc., he got about the same amount of money from Chicago as he would have from Miami. But as he says, all money ain't good money. You know, there's something different about, you know, the Chicago Bulls who wanted to pay him that money versus the Heat who may have felt forced to pay him that money, that maybe didn't want to pay him that money, maybe didn't prioritize him, um, maybe weren't, over anxious to cut him that check and you really get the sense that Dwayne Wade felt that 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 came across especially in the communication Wade said that's it when you get respect that's what you get back I've given nothing but respect I feel like a lot of things in this world and in this league are mishandled from a notion of communication that's it at the end of the day I talked to those guys and I told them it's free agency I understand y'all have a job to do and I have the job to do as well I let it be known I was going to be a free agent and I wasn't waiting by the phone for them to call me. That's Wade in that in that interview. And you know, a lot of people blew that off, right? Like a lot of people say, ah, oh, you know, he's saying this, but Wade's done this before and he has. And he's eventually resigned with the Heat, which is correct, which is true. And and I was one of those people. You know, I never thought that Wade would leave. Most people never thought that Dwayne Wade would leave. And he did, and he felt taken for granted. And you can't blame him. Um that the Heat went after Hassan Whiteside first, locked him up to a long-term deal, wanted to chase Kevin Durant. And from everything that he's saying, it sounds like, hey, just if if Riley would have just called him and said, this is what we're doing, you're still a number one priority, but because of the cap situation, because we need to pick up Whiteside first, because we need to make a run at Durant and make sure we have enough money, we will take care of you at the back end. But we need to make this chase first so that we could stay competitive for the rest of your years in the league. And me, and it doesn't sound like Riley or the Heat organization did that. It just sounds like 
you know, is this a business? Yes, but, and that gets thrown around all the time when we talk about sports, professional sports. It's, you know, this is a business. But in a business, you want to feel valued by your employer. I mean, just because they pay you doesn't make you feel valued, right? Like, it's not enough. And you look at the money that they're making, but it's all relative. You can't, you can't say because you make $20 million a year, you don't need a pat on the back. You know, that doesn't, that really ignores a lot of what, a lot of human needs, a lot of things that people want and, and crave and need out of a work environment. You know, you pay me a salary, that's fine. I'm not going to just keep my head down and do what you expect me to do happily and all the time, especially if there's another company out there that's willing to pay me the same, if not more money, and wants to make me feel wanted. You know, that's a normal, that's an understandable human reaction to have. And that's exactly what happened to Wade. So, you know, I think a lot of Heat fans still look at Wade and how he left and they say, well, that's not right. You know, they get, you know, why, why would he leave? He's getting paid just as much money. You know, he, he was too emotional. You know, he, he got too emotionally invested or, or something like that, where these terms of respect, like how could you feel disrespected with $20 million, you know, in your hand? It's, you know, it's funny because that really just does ignore what obviously he was feeling. And he felt that after years and years and years, at some point, he just wanted to be taken care of. He didn't want to do this game of every other year or every year being a free agent, trying to make enough room, trying to, um, of the heat, just kind of moving his cap space around to try to fit other things. He's like, look, I've been here for 13 years. These are the last few years of my career. I just want to be locked in. I just want to know where I'm going to be. I just, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Can you guys give that to me? And it doesn't seem like the heat were either A, willing to do that or B, going to communicate just how they did it or or be, they didn't communicate how they were going to do that if that was their plan and and wade just looked at chicago and like look i can go back to chicago somewhere i've always thought about playing um my hometown take my family there and be locked in for two three years and feel some and be somewhere i feel wanted whether or not they're going to compete it's not like Dwayne wade you know it's not like you know, you look at this Heat roster, maybe they can compete. Maybe if they sign Kevin Durant, Wade pushes all that aside and says, all right, this, this is a team that can compete for a championship. This is a team that can compete with LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, regardless of this lack of respect I just felt in this communication, I will resign with Miami. But because they didn't, you look at that roster and you're like, how is this team going to compete with LeBron in these next couple of years? With or without me, if I'm Dwayne Wade. So you go to Chicago. Where you at least you feel wanted, I can understand it. Um, he also talked about Chris Bosh getting that money. You know, after LeBron leaves, the Heat go ahead and max out Chris Bosh for a long-term, multiple-year deal. And we've heard this before that that rubbed Wade the wrong way. Not that his buddy Chris Bosh got that money, but that the Heat weren't also willing to do that for him. I completely get it. And the more and more and more I read about this, the more I hear about this, I really do think Riley screwed up. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want Wade there. But if he wanted Wade there, if Pat Riley's master plan was to not just cut ties with Dwayne Wade and, and look heartless, if his if his master plan was to just force Dwayne Wade into a corner, force Dwayne Wade to make an, a decision, and that decision was to leave the Heat so that this team could drastically get younger, then he did a great job. But I don't think that was the master plan just because this team also wanted to try to get Chris Bosh on the floor, but they couldn't because of medical reasons. This this is a team that doesn't want to win four or five years from now. They want to win right now. And 
I don't think Riley wanted Dwayne Wade to get away. And I think he realized, as, basically as soon as we realized that this was a real thing, that Wade could leave. And I think he scrambled and offered him $20 million a year. And, um, and by then it was just too late. By then it was just too late. And now Wade's gone. And But he will be back tonight for his first game back in Miami. It'll be interesting. It'll be emotional. It'll be raw. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how Dwayne Wade plays in that game. I'm interested to see how he's greeted by his former uh, Heat teammates, the guys that know him, the guys who respected him and looked up to him in the locker room. Um, and if you don't have tickets to that game, you can still check SeatGeek. You can still check SeatGeek to see if they still have tickets available. Um, and the best thing about SeatGeek is to make it easy for you. They make it easy for you to find and shop tickets because SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to find tickets for the NBA, for the Miami Heat, whether or not, or if you want to see up close and in person um, your favorite players, there's nothing like being in the stadium, or in, in the arena for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get that guaranteed seat that you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. Everything's on the phone. You know, you can buy tickets on your phone, bring your phone to the arena, and show your phone. You don't have to print anything. You don't have to find a printer. You don't have to make sure you have ink or, you know, plain white paper to put in this printer thing that barely anybody uses anymore. You just put it all, you just, you know, at work, grab you grab your cell phone, enter the promo code LOHEAT when you, when you open the SeatGeek app, get $10 back after you made your first SeatGeek purchase. And take your phone with you to the arena. You don't have to print anything. It's great. Um, with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. You don't have to open up a million web browsers. You don't have to have 17 web browser tabs open comparing tickets You know, and worrying about, okay, am I getting the best value? SeatGeek does that work for you. It'll always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you by get, getting the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on its value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Just look for a big green dot. Boom. Where do you want to sit? Look for a green big green dot where that is. Buy your tickets right there on your phone. Every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So... My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. How do you do that? Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, enter the promo code LOHEAT, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your very first ticket purchase. $20 can get you a lot in an arena. That's a beer and a pizza at most arenas. So uh, download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LOHEAT today. And, you know, hey, you're a successful person. Let the websites do the work for you. That's what SeatGeek's about. Save a little money. Save a little scratch. All right. That's a lot about what... Uh, that's a, we, we talked a lot about the, the, the breakup and really how we got here. How we got here to a point where the Heat and the Bulls will be playing and Dwayne Wade will be in a Chicago Bulls uniform. We talked a lot about that. Let's talk a little bit more about how this game's going to go. I mean, look... How will Wade play? That's the first question I have. Riley didn't think that Dwayne Wade could carry the heat. He didn't. Right? If he did, he would have made him a top priority. He thinks Hassan Whiteside can help carry the heat. Obviously, he knows that Kevin Durant 
could carry the heat in the Eastern Conference. He didn't think that Wade could. And that's not wrong. I don't think that Dwayne Wade, at this point in his career, can carry a team. I don't think that anybody's saying that he can. And that's fine. But Dwayne Wade's a competitor, right? He's going to want to prove him wrong. You know Dwayne Wade, just like Kevin Durant did against the Thunder. You know Dwayne Wade. And that, that circumstance was very different. But you know Dwayne Wade is going to view this game. He's got this game circle. He's going to want to show Pat Riley, who he still has not talked to since leaving. Apparently the only person in the Heat organization he hasn't talked to since leaving. You know he's going to show him, you don't think I can carry a team? Well, watch this. So we can expect a big game. And look, you know this. I know this. Being Heat fans for as long as we've been, when Dwayne Wade gets in that gear, he's one of these guys that can make you pay for it. We know Dwayne Wade's going to have a monster game. We just know it. We've seen it. For the last 13 years, we know that's what he's going to do. I don't know if the rest of the Bulls can play up to that expectation. I think that Miami has a lot of advantages over Chicago that we'll get into in a little bit, um, that really the advanced stats back up. But you know that Dwayne Wade's going to want to prove Pat Riley wrong. So Dwayne Wade, who's been making threes this season. And just as an aside really quick, a lot of people say, oh, now you start making threes. Now that you've left Miami, now you start making threes. We've been asking you to start making three-pointers for years now. Wade did say that after after the playoffs, he felt a lot more comfortable. Remember in the playoffs against Charlotte and Toronto when he started making three-pointers all of a sudden because he was forced to because those teams really cut off the driving lanes for the Heat? He said after the playoffs, I felt more comfortable after that. You know, he said that it took him a, he he basically had written off the three-point line because he wasn't comfortable shooting from behind there, that he finally felt comfortable, and that he was planning on shooting more threes this season. It would be interesting to see Dwayne Wade on this roster right now taking and making threes at the rate he's making, and I do think he he probably would have been doing that. I think Wade did try to make an effort to be more consistent and and more open to shooting threes um, towards the end of in the playoffs, and I think that set him... That set him into uh, that made him more comfortable doing that. So I do think he would have done that. It was bad timing, as far as this breakup. But uh, back to Wade against Riley. I do think that Wade is going to come out. He's going to hit some three pointers. He's going to be angry. He's going to have a monster game. Justice Winslow will probably defend him most of the time. That is going to be a very tough assignment for Winslow. Um, I don't know if he's ever guarded somebody with such an agenda that Dwayne Wade's going to have. And that's a real thing, you know? Like, Not to make emotions like everything of, of this analysis. It certainly isn't. But that is real. And I don't, you know, and, and I think we look at a lot of what happens um, in sports and people in, in my position tend to look at the analytics a lot, you know, and the analytics said that, the, the Cavs couldn't come back down from a 3-1 lead and beat the Warriors, but they did. You know, you, you have somebody on a mission and on an agenda like LeBron was, and they do amazing things. And this is not nearly an NBA Finals thing, but there is definitely real things on the line here for Dwayne Wade. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. He's he's going to have a good game. I can't, say the, the, I can't say the same about the rest of the Bulls. Um, Chicago's been a little bit better than I think a, a lot of people believe they would be this season they haven't been great you know i think that there's there's some glaring signs there the roster still doesn't fit together completely um they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league despite Dwayne wade's um improvement in that area 
the Bulls in general are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. So it's not like they're coming out and being the Warriors, you know. Um, so how can the Heat win this game? It's a home game. That's good for them. How can the Heat win this game? Well, some interesting stats. The Bulls score 56% of their shots within 10 feet of the rim. And they're making 56% of their shots within 10 feet of the rim. So they're taking 56%. 56% of their made field goals, I should say, come within 10 feet of the rim. And on those field goals, they're shooting 50, or they're shooting 56% in that in that area. That makes sense? So what do the Bulls like to do? They like to get to the rim. Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, Rajon Rondo, that should come as no surprise. They like to get to the rim. Miami has one of the best defense, or I should say Miami has the best defense in the NBA guarding shots that come 10 feet within the rim. They are holding opponents to 56 or 46.1% field goal percentage 10 feet within or within 10 feet of the rim. That's about they're holding opponents to 8% worse in the paint. Than what they usually shoot. So if a team cut, if the Bulls come in shooting fifty six percent, the Heat generally will hold opponents to eight percent less than what they usually shoot. So that's about forty eight percent. And if you take a lot of and and if you take that bread and butter away from the Bulls, I don't know how they score because they're one of the worst one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. Um, they don't necessarily move the ball really well. It's a lot of uh, Wade taking it to the rim, then Butler taking it to the rim. You know, Rajon Rondo is going to try to create feathers, but he can only do so much on his own. Uh, they don't have a, a a dominating presence at center. I like Robin Lopez. I think he's solid. I just don't think that, you know, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking news here. Robin Lopez is a guy that's going to, you know, dominate the low post for a team. So they don't have anybody that's physically imposing that that is necessarily going to push the heat around and into the rim. And... On the other side of that, Chicago is one of the worst teams in the league defending the rim. They allow 56.8%, so basically 57% at the rim. The Heat like to score in the paint. Hassan Whiteside, who's struggled the last couple of games, that's going to be huge for him. I don't think that they, they don't have um, an obstacle really in Whiteside's way. I think this is an opportunity for Whiteside to have a big game. Whiteside's had big games against the Bulls in the past. Remember? Triple doubles. Nobody doing what the blocks that was against. The Bulls. So I think Whiteside has a big game. I think the lane will be open for Goran Dragic. You know, I don't think Rajon Rondo is a particularly great defender um, anymore. I think he was at one point, not anymore. There's going to be opportunities for Justice Winslow. There's going to be opportunities for Deion Waiters. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for Sun Whiteside. The numbers all stack up in favor of the Heat. I do. I think what the Heat do well versus what the Bulls don't do well really stacks up in favor for the Heat again. You have to take a lot into consideration when you have Dwayne Wade making his revenge, to, you know, appearance against Pat Riley. That is going to play a major factor. The emotions are going to be there. Dwayne Wade, who has already been the most popular guy in that locker room, who has galvanized that locker room, has quote unquote made that locker room more professional. That team's going to rally around him. They're going to want to win this game for him. So that can have a lot to do with this. Um, A young Heat team might not know how to handle that versus a more veteran Bulls team. That is going to play a big part of how this game shakes out. The good thing for them is if Miami just comes out and tries to set the tone, 
by scoring in the paint and defending the rim, that's going to make whatever Chicago wants to do really, really difficult. And if they can control that throughout the game, I think they have a really, really good shot at winning this game, at winning, uh, at beating Dwayne Wade in his return to South Beach. This game is at 8 p.m. It will be on TNT. If you don't use SeatGeek to get tickets to the game, you watch, You can watch it on TNT. Um, I think that's all we have for today. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Audioboom, TuneIn, or Stitcher, thank you for listening. Thanks to SeatGeek, the friendliest and smartest way to buy and sell tickets. Use the promo code LOHEAT to get $20 after your very first SeatGeek purchase. Send a... Uh, uh, send us your mailbag questions, comments, or sponsorship opportunities via email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeat. If you aren't subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically every day. Rate us, review us, say nice things about us, and we'll catch you next time.